0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah In this world, most countries that have a functioning government have developed laws. And these laws are codified. They're put into books. And they're available to everyone to look at, and they're used to keep order. Um, places where there are dictators, they try to have less rules because they want to make them up as they go along to fit the situation as it comes about. But let's use uh, the democratic society as an example. You have, most of your laws are about interrelationships between people and when that relationship becomes totally out of sorts it's called criminal and criminal means that there's been some kind of major violation uh, theft, burglary, assault, uh, murder things of that nature Most of these laws don't say anything about personal conduct. And they certainly don't say anything about thought and what's going on inside your head. Now, in the Sufi world, There's a different standard than in the regular world, or at least there's supposed to be a different standard. That standard essentially has to do with a certain amount of chivalry and a certain amount of etiquette. You will not find laws on chivalry in the codified laws of this country. You will not find laws on etiquette in the codified laws of this country or state. The reason being that they don't come to the degree that they disrupt society. Or at least that's the belief system. In reality, the state of a country's leadership and the state of a country's being has to do with what goes on in the minds of the people in it. It has to do with the state of the chivalry of the people in it. It has to do with the state of the etiquette in the people in it. You can have a chaotic situation that doesn't rise to a criminal situation but if that chaotic situation continues to go on, it can rise to the collapse of a society. Now, we as individuals who've chosen to take on the Sufi path have also chosen, whether we realize it or not, to take on certain obligations of etiquette and certain obligations of chivalry. Yet for most people in this modern day, especially if they have no one to correct it, think that there are reasons to leave chivalry and leave etiquette. In other words, they're not absolutes. Like, do not murder is an absolute. Do not gossip, for most people, is not an absolute. At least that's what people think. Why? Because the repercussions are not visible. They're not noticeable. But there are repercussions. It's just you can't see them at this moment. On the path of truth, do not gossip is as powerful as do not murder. But people can't make the equation. They can't put the two together. When our teacher describes gossip, he describes it as a thousand-mile-high mountain that you have to get over or it will crush you. He describes it as a demon who is constantly attacking you, who has to be destroyed. He doesn't see it or explain it as a minor thing. There's a story told by a man who lived in Jaffna. With our teacher, who once saw Bawa walking across the street to meet a man who had been slandering him forever. And he saw Bawa giving him money. And uh, Bawa then came back to the other side of the street, and this man went up to him and said, What are you doing? You know how he talks about you. You know the things he says about you. Why why are you giving him money? He said, well, in reality, those who slander you take on your bad judgments. In other words, the things that you've done that are recriminatory... When they slander you, they take them on. So you lose, when people slander you, they take on your karma, and you lose karma. And he said, I was paying him for doing that for me. It's difficult to understand the reality of that. It's difficult to look at things in that way, because the usual response is aggression. And to be able to understand that the aggression is already going on on your behalf without your action is very difficult to grasp. It's very difficult to understand that the laws that govern existence also govern the acts of people And justice intervenes on your behalf without you raising a finger. If you could believe that, if you could understand that there's no need for you to complain, there's no need for you to intervene, you'd become different. The prophet was sitting with a group of his companions when a man walked in and started to complain about Abu Bakr. And while this man is complaining, the Prophet is smiling. And then Abu Bakr began to defend himself and the Prophet began to frown. And then the man finally left. This went on for about 20, 30 minutes. The man left, and Abu Bakr was perplexed. And he said to the prophet, When the man complained about me, you were smiling, but every time I defended myself, you were frowning. What was going on? And he said, When the man was complaining about you, angels came to defend you. And when you started to defend yourself, the angels left. And I was sad that the angels left. Imagine that. Try to grasp that as reality. When you are in the right, angels defend you. Now, nobody may be able to see the angels. But, in the final Outcome. All of this will be shown. So, Abu Bakr, when he was defending himself, was losing his dignity. When he wasn't defending himself, it seemed externally that. He was somehow allowing this to go on. But in reality, angels were picking up his dignity and bringing it forward and setting it forward. So what is it in us that brings about the need to gossip, the need to defend ourselves, the need to set things right in this world. If this world is illusion, as the wise man says, then why do we feel the need to rectify illusion? Why do we feel the need to take illusion and have it constantly be in the fashion that we think is appropriate. And to what steps will we go to rectify illusion? And why do we make all that effort to rectify illusion? Now, illusion has lots of faces at least to our minds. There's the illusion that's outside of us, and then there's the illusion that is ourselves. Politics, for instance, is the illusion that's outside of us. And so many people feel that they have to put politics in a certain order. The illusion that has to do with us has to do with our relationships with people, that we feel we have to do and put in a certain order. So when someone says something about us we have to say something about them we have to straighten things out. What do we believe is real? And how do we react to that which goes on in illusion? If We believe that only God exists and everything else is illusion. Why do we react? Is it that we don't really believe the basic tenets of what we're taught? Or is it that our mind is so powerful and so susceptible to the whispers that we can't help but react. If we can't help but react, we have to ask ourselves, why can't we help but react? You see, if you are not contemplative on this path, And if you don't ask the root questions as to why you do things, you're constantly going to remain who you are. There isn't going to be any change. You need to know why you do what you do. You need to know the root cause of why you do what you do. And then you need to be able to do something about it. So if you have a mind that is constantly seeking out things to rectify, if that's your nature, you are constantly going to be in some sort of conflict. When you learn that what is going on in illusion is an illusion, and you can believe it's an illusion, then you no longer need to rectify it. When you're watching a movie screen and bad things are happening on the screen, do you run at the screen with a knife? Does it make any sense to shoot the characters in the movie? Does anything happen? Are you in any way changing what's going on? Can you look at your life like watching a movie and give it the same kind of attention and attitude that you have towards a movie? Which is like, oh, isn't that pleasant? Oh, look at what they're doing now. And know that it's going to be over soon. And it's all going to end. Someone was once asked, Explain unity to me, and he responded, Death. In the end, (laughs) there's unity. It disappears, and it disappears the same way for everyone. But we are not capable of comprehending our death, and we're not capable of visualizing the end of the drama that keeps us acting and carrying on with illusion. Bawa says that when all of our senses are interacting with all of the things that we see, hear, taste, touch, smell, we are creating illusion. We are adding to illusion. We are giving birth to illusion. He calls it public fornication, because we become the Creator. In the same way as having a baby, you have another illusion. You have another trauma. You have another thing to be chaotic about. He says, shut your eyes and shut your mouth. keep quiet and the amount of illusion that you create will become less and less and less and what will be restored is your dignity and the true worth of your reality the true nature of your reality. To become at one, we have to shut out the illusion. To become at one, we have to end the interaction with the illusion. To become at one, we have to bypass the barriers that keep us from being our true Self. And what is it that keeps us from being our true self? All of that which interacts with the world in a way where the illusion is given some sort of credence. We can't bypass that until we stop interacting with it, until we stop being reactive to it. The wise men describe most life as robotic. Monkey see, monkey react. Monkey see, monkey do. And that's what life is about. Somehow, We have to begin to understand how that works and what part of us works that way. How does the mind interface with the world? And what does it cause to happen to us when we interface with the world? Well, when we are active in the world... We create situations. Situations need resolutions. Resolutions involve expectations. Expectations involve drama. Drama involves chaos. Chaos involves emotional turmoil. Emotional turmoil brings us to a state of unrest. And a state of anxiety. And our peace leaves us. So where do we have to go back to? We have to go back to the original interaction. And we have to understand that we can't have these interactions. This is why some men run into caves. So they don't have these interactions. But we live In this world. And we work in this world. And we deal with the illusion of this world. And this world is called the dung heap. By the wise man. Dunya. So. We have to learn how to deal with the dung heap. Without getting dung all over ourselves. That's quite a trick. I mean, if you're shoveling dung all day long and to keep yourself clean, that's quite a trick. It's a full-time job. And it requires absolute, clear vision, clear understandings. And it requires etiquette, and dignity. Because when you're dealing with dung, pretty soon you start throwing dung. People throw it at you, and you throw it back at them. And this is where it all leads to. And how do you bypass that? How do you get away from that? First, by realizing that If you step into the arena, and you take that arena as reality, this is what's going to happen. This is the nature of that arena. Yet, we're forced to go into the arena. We're forced to go into the world. We don't have monasteries anymore that we can go to. We have families. We have to create livelihood. How do you do this? Don't throw dung. You have to become like a surgeon. You have to be able to cut your way through this. Or as was said in just a few words. Make believe you believe in the world. But don't believe in the world. Believe in God. If you can do that, then you can wear a mask while you're doing your job. But the reality will be what's behind the mask, the truth. And you realize that as you're dealing with the world, you're dealing with an unreal situation. You're dealing with a situation that is temporary, impermanent and has very little effect on you unless you allow it to. Unity doesn't come because of the world. Unity comes because of your relationship with Haq, your relationship with Allah. And unity and truth come in that place, not in the worldly place. Surah al-Asr from the Quran says except for those who contemplate Allah and study Allah, discuss Allah together in circles they are lost. You can't find your way through the world no matter how many guidebooks you have, no matter how many maps you have, no matter how many friends you have in the world, you need guides that have removed themselves from the world. The, the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, his guide was Gabriel. It wasn't a worldly being, it was Gabriel. Moses' guide was the Khiranabi. He took him through and explained to him the illusion and delusion of the world. Now, maybe Gabriel will come and guide us, or Allah has sent men into this world to guide us. And we need to find those men and we have to allow ourselves to be guided. Just because you found a guide doesn't mean you listen to him. Just because you found a guide doesn't mean you understand him. Just because you found a guide doesn't mean you've surrendered to him. With a true guide... You basically go inside the guide and allow the guide's will to be your will. You disappear into the guide. And then in time, you become part of that guide. And if the guide is real, he has already disappeared into reality. And that's where you will disappear into reality and the belief system that you need to find reality will also disappear you already are real you just can't see it because of your focus on illusion because of your focus on that which is not real and your constant insistence of interacting with illusion and illusory things your constant insistence on manipulating illusion. Imagine, manipulating illusion. It's like walking into a movie, watching the screen, and insisting that you're going to change the way it ends, or what goes on in the middle of it, or the lines that the actors speak. It's just silly. Well, thinking that we're going to change illusion is also silly. Now, what happens is, landscapers will come and landscape a piece of property, and it looks pretty, and you think that you've somehow created something. If you landscaped it yourself, you did it. If you pointed at somebody to do it for you, you think you did it. That somehow you've made it in a certain way, but leave it alone for a little while and watch what happens. Don't continue to cut and watch what happens. So, in order to maintain illusion in the way that you want it, it's a full-time job. And there's no time for anything else. There's no time to find out who you really are and what really is because your life has become interaction with illusion in an attempt to manipulate it so that it looks favorable to you. Reality is hidden, and hidden from you. Why? Because of the constant interaction with illusion. Can we slow down enough... So that we touch reality. Can we shut off our interaction with illusion so that we can taste reality without the influence of the taste of illusion? If illusion smelled like a skunk, you'd run from it. But it doesn't. It smells like a rose sometimes. So you run towards it. We need to be able to know the difference between what's real and what's not real. And in that, we'll find the truth of who we are and the reality of who we are. And to do this, it takes etiquette and chivalry and dignity. It takes standards that are way above the usual standards in society. The societal standards are basically to keep people from killing each other. We need standards where people actually love each other, where people care for each other, where people are inviting to each other. And those standards aren't written down in books. They certainly aren't enforced by the government. And we, in an attempt to take on those standards, will become ridiculed. We will be made fun of. When you put down the burden of the world, you become different. My friends don't treat me like they used to since I put my burdens down. Why? Because they can't handle the way you are now. They can't handle the fact that you've changed. They want you to be like them. Misery loves company and the world's miserable and it wants you to be miserable too. escape escape and to escape you have to give up giving any credence to the opinions of those around you who are still in the world of illusion. Whether they're your mother or father, or brother or sister, or child, you have to enter a new standard. And you have to become the one who is able to judge your place in that existence. One set of people bypasses judgment, and those are the ones who have actually truthfully judged themselves during their lifetime. Those who understand, those who have understood chaos and illusion and have bypassed it for the dignity of reality. For the dignity of Rahman and Rahim. For the truth of Hak. Those who've bypassed the mind, which is the station that Satan whispers to that get you in all this trouble. Without the mind, there's no receptacle For the voice of Satan. There's no receptacle for gossip. But as long as those receptacles stay in action and stay in focus, lies are going to come to them and manipulation is going to come to them. And the warning has been sent to all of us. He comes and he whispers and he disappears. And you're left flailing in chaos. So, we need to stop. We need to slow down. We need to surrender. Surrender to what? Surrender to the truth that's already inside of us. And recognize it. There's nothing new to be created. There's nothing new to be learned. We just have to unlearn everything that we've picked up in this world of illusion. We have to give up everything that we've allowed to attach to ourselves from this world of illusion. We have to bathe constantly to remove the stench of this illusion. And we have to have the confidence that we can do it. The confidence that there is a reality and that we will find it. And to do this, we have to be able to sit still. We have to be able to meditate on it. We have to be able to close our eyes to the world. We have to be satisfied to be in that place without any interaction to illusion, and then we'll become one with everything. Why does it say in all of Sufism that to die before death is the Sufi way of life? Because in death there is unity. And if you die to the world, there is unity. There is unity in death to illusion. That's where unity exists. As long as illusion exists, there can be no unity. And as long as you give obeisance to illusion, aggression is going to come out somewhere. And it's going to cause chaos and disruption and anxiety in your life. So we need to remove ourselves from these things. And we have to find a way to do it. For ourselves. Which is going to be different for all of us. Because we have been given the double burden of having to provide (laughs) and escape Simultaneously, of having to interact and escape simultaneously so while you're in the world you have to be not of it and this is the path that we've taken and this is the path that we're on and we know the truth of it now we have to be the truth of it and may we all become that truth. May we all leave illusion and find the reality that is in each of us and understand that it's here, now. We just need to believe it and become it. Amen.